Welcome to the Nothing in Particular show, where you sit down with a beer, cup of coffee, or a great glass of wine and have an entertaining discussion with your new besties, Travis Cody and Breezy Weeks. What will we talk about today? Nothing in particular, or whatever is top of mind. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Nothing in Particular show. This is Travis Cody. And Breezy Weeks. Dramatic pause. Am I supposed to speak? Wait. What's going on, Breezy? What are we going to talk about today? Well, you know, I was just wondering because I got really into that new um, Netflix series, Cobra Kai. What? So, (laughs) technically, it's an old YouTube series that Netflix took and made amazing. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. So, I was just wondering have you watched it? So, there's a great benefit to being out of the loop on uh, pop culture is that you don't know what's going on and then someone tells you and you're like hey what's this cobra kai thing i've been hearing about and then you go oh hey and you get watch all three seasons in a day and a half instead of having to wait three years (laughs) right (laughs) yep um so yes and i i think the other advantage to binge watching it as well is you get to see the insane writing that the team has done with that show i can't even the fact that there's so much cool nostalgia and they they tie back into the movies so well so well and then not only that but then things that happen in the show and for season one come back and end up impacting things that happen in uh in season three it's just it it, yeah Yeah. it's everything that that uh hollywood has been missing it has a great villain it has i should say great villains it has great yeah. character arcs. Um, it has cool, cheesy nostalgia, and it's not politically correct. Oh my! It, it's it's so amazing <laughs> to see someone make fun of fat people and say things they're not supposed to, and you're like, yeah, because that's that's kind of how the people that I have friends that are in their late fifties, and that's exactly how they talk, and that's exactly how they think about the world. So um, it was refreshing to see a show be like, yeah, yeah we're just gonna. Uh, take some real world characters and plunk them down in this cool world we created what 35 years ago yeah and i i love the balance of um like you said having that that era that we grew up with um i don't know just yeah the jokes and stuff that we would tolerate and be okay with as opposed to now but i loved how they balanced it with the the younger teenagers and uh, a couple of times, like the teenagers would correct the Johnny character, the sensei from Cobra Kai and, and be so like, um, that's not really appropriate. Yeah. They're like, you can't really say that. And he's like, what? Why? You know, he's like, it's nah, like, where has he been? I, you wonder. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where has he been? Has he been like, you know, hiding out for the past 30 years, like, under, you know, in a, in a hole? And because like, kinda he has. has no idea. About, well, the fact, yeah. well, when, but the, it makes sense when you realize that he, you know, in the third season when he was talking to uh, Allie and he's like, ah, I basically drank my way through my 20s and my 30s. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's that that would be the yeah. person that would be completely out of touch with this stuff. What do I care about? The right. Buy a new iPhone? Ah, dude, that's two weeks of booze. <laughs> Why would I do that? Yeah exactly yeah what what was what was kind of emotionally what was so interesting about that first season was you take the bad guy from the first movie and he's still just a dick 
Oh my and, gosh. And you don't like him, but at the same time, you can see he's trying so hard. And, and so emotionally you're going, I don't know how to feel right now because this guy's an a-hole, but I kind of like feel bad for him and I want to, he's trying to change. And so I, I really, I, and then you're like, wait a minute, Daniel's an even bigger a-hole now. What's the, no, this is the guy that's cool, but now he's being a jerk. Ah, yeah. It's so crazy how they kind of like give you that, the backstory of uh, the Johnny character who was kind of the villain for um, Ralph Macchio's, you know, character Danielson back in Karate Kid, the first one. And you're like, you kind of hated him at the time. You're like, such, he's so mean. He's such a jerk. And then they give you the backstory of Johnny and you're like, oh my gosh, I never saw it through his eyes, like his perspective. But Danielson was kind of a jerk to him. He took his girlfriend and he like, you know, would start fights and stuff too. So you're like, wow, I can't believe they're, they did that with your, with your mind. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm rooting for Johnny. What's, <laughs> what's very, other, the other thing that's interesting is, you know, there's been a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot. There's been several movies about, you know, the 10 year high school reunion, where isn't everybody in 10 years? And there, there hasn't been anything after 10 years. It's kind of like after the 10 year reunion, we just want to ignore that life happens. And so then you have yeah. the show come along and it's like, oh, this guy had one thing happen to him as a senior that ruined his life. Mm -hmm. And you go, yep. and, and I think anyone, you know, everybody has things that happened to them in, in high school that I think scarred them or, or impacted who they become as a person. So the yeah. fact that you have a show now that acknowledged this like traumatic event for this guy, he not only does he lose, but then the guy who was essentially his surrogate father tries to kill him. Right. You look at that going, I could see how that would turn make a guy become alcoholic and spiral down a dark hole. <laughs> so, you know, my whole thing, I, I've, I've been telling friends, um, I, yeah, I just became a really big fan of the show and I've been like texting my friends, telling everyone to watch this and, and, um, telling them that, you know, I, I root for the Johnny character. The funny thing is, is, um, I always was kind of felt bad for that, for that character for Johnny and the first karate kid. Um, I just felt like, like, I don't know something about it, but even as a little girl and well, not that not just because he's really super cute and he always played bad boys <laughs> in like all the eighties films. <laughs> but, um, I just like, there, there was the moment when he, we were, we were just rewatching karate kid the other day, actually. <laughs> and there was a moment when they're at the tournament and right before he really got knocked out by uh, Danielson and he goes over to his sensei that we're talking the really mean guy. And you could see like the horror in his face. Like he had a bloody nose and he was like, you know, what should I do? And he's giving him advice. And like, you could see the horror in his face. Like he really didn't want to um, be that bad guy. Like he, it looked like he was about to cry almost. And as a little girl, I felt so bad at that moment. Like, oh my gosh, he doesn't want to really hurt him that bad. And his sensei well, is it's like, not only him. that, you know, you know, sweep the leg. I got to sweep. Yeah. The leg. And then he goes out and then he sweeps his leg. And then what does he do? He immediately gets on the floor. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to do. It. I'm so sorry. And like, he's apologizing. Yeah. And you're just right. like, oh, wait a minute. The bad guys look apologizing. What's going on here? Yeah. And what um, they really haven't totally addressed yet that at that very end when Danielson won, which was an illegal kick. Um, so they say. <laughs> so they say. But you know, Conspiracy the theory. Johnny character, right at that moment when he's getting the trophy, you hear the 
Johnny going, you know, you know, like he's praising him and he said something really nice at the very end, you know? And so, and then the, here's Danielson just like ignoring him and still thinking he's this bad guy after all these years. It's like, um, Johnny said something really nice to you right at the very end. He was praising you. That was a good fight or whatever. Um, I don't know the words verbatim, but, um, so it's like down, we were just talking about that the other day to me and my husband about like, you know, you know, yeah, Danielson's kind of a jerk. Like after all these years, he's still like, is so mean to Johnny, you know? And, um, so it was really cool to see for them to start out in Johnny's perspective and Johnny's life. Like, I really like how they did that. Yeah. Um, and as they unfold it and then, you know, to yeah. their credit, it's. I, you know, the first season, it was difficult to watch for me because you're just like, wait, this, but this is Daniel's the good guy. Like, I, I right. I'm not liking him. Like, this guy's a yeah. jerk and this sucks. And you're going, well, uh, it kind of makes sense, I guess. You know, the, 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 the nerdy kid in school gets bullied and then finds a little bit of strength. And he has that one great moment that changes his confidence forever. And he would be the guy that goes on to be super rich and successful. And, and yeah. you forget that when you become super rich and successful, you also become a jerk. But Daniel also <laughs> yeah. was, uh, you know, he was a punk. He was, he was, you know, mm-hmm. the, which again, they acknowledged in the third season when they were having the conversation where, you know, a lot of stuff that he did that ended up with him getting kicked, the, the crap kicked out of him because he started it. He instigated it. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah. We should also say, I mean, are we going to do any spoilers here? Should we, we didn't do a disclaimer in the beginning about Spoiler that. <laughs> alert. If you haven't seen Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. We're going to reveal all of the secrets. Mr. Miyagi is alive. So if you haven't gone past season one, you might want to hold off on the come back in a week after you've watched it. But it was really hard for me to like not see any spoilers because it's everywhere on social media. Like there are images. I, I, I posted something on Instagram and a friend of mine like responded to me like, oh, no, I didn't get to season three yet. I'm like, yeah, but how can you not see any of the spoilers? Like they're everywhere on social media. So, you know, I mean, I, I <laughs> yeah. successfully managed to avoid all of them. So that was good. Yeah. Well, you're a little less social media than me. That's true. <laughs> so, but um, I'm not only yeah. am I a social outcast in the real world, I'm on media. I'm also socially outcasted. <laughs> I got the double dose. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that um, so yeah, the season one, it you're not sure what what you're getting into as far as the you know oh where are we looking at uh, you know Ralph Macchio, his character Danielson is is going to be the jerk like what's going on? But then as it unfolds, I like how it comes together where it um, it bounces back you know so then first you're on one side, then you're on the other side, then you're like oh I'm on Cobra Kai side. Oh no I'm uh, you know, well, <laughs> dose. The, like. the, probably the most brilliant thing about season one is the fact that you take the hated guy from the movie and he starts Cobra Kai and you're like, I hate Cobra Kai. But then he starts yeah. training all the nerds. Mm-hmm. He starts training know, right? all the guys that like need that are getting bullied. And you're like, oh, my. So like the dichotomy of like this hated fighting method, but it's giving it to the guys who were getting bullied you're suddenly like uh again it's that dichotomy of emotions of like i don't know how i feel about this it's true you know i that you said that and also the fact that really the only reason danielson started miyagi do was to kind of like get back it's like oh oh he's doing cobra kai again well then i'm gonna do something yep. it, so that's you're like 
and you know and then he only has specific you know he has only a few students that he wants to train so it it does kind of look a little like you know a little stuck up of Danielson it's like here's Johnny character who's you know taking in all the people that are getting beat up the nerds that need to defend themselves and then you have Danielson going oh well if he's gonna start you know I, I'm gonna start mine and um yeah I'm gonna only have certain students that are like you know already pretty much trained he just was making them even more um trained in that the Miyagi way I guess <laughs> but you know I'm a girl who always likes the bad the bad boys and the villains I've I have to admit and well, all my friends you did marry a rock star so I mean that's <laughs> your mo <laughs> yeah. you know I always go for you know like the Kylo Ren and the I, I'm just like I'm always rooting I don't know really why. That's why like, we've I only think... just been friends because I'm an Eagle Scout. You're like, ah, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I think because I like the torment that they have, you know, I like that they are, are like battling a good and evil because many of them still have a little bit of good in them. And then when you see a little bit of that, a glimpse of it, you're like, oh, there it is. There it is. I, they have hope. They have hope. Um, and it's just, and it's a little bit more of an interesting story when they're a little tormented, you know, you got, it's just more interesting to, to dive into. So, um, I so here's, like here's something that. that's, I, I agree. Yes. And, and tell, having the backstory certainly helps. And, you know, there's, there's, I would say probably on the grand collective scale, the, the redemption story is probably, you know, from a mythology standpoint in every culture like we we that's ingrained in us yeah and I, I mean what is star wars ultimately the original from you know star wars episode four five and six everybody thinks it's about luke skywalker but it's not really about luke skywalker it's about the redemption of darth vader right mm -hmm. and and how powerful that is because you have one person who's strong enough to withstand their dark darkness and help pull them back to the light mm -hmm. and so when you're we're watching Cobra Kai, there's, it's playing on all those assumptions. We grew up with this guy who's the bad guy, but now we're seeing the backstory and realizing like, oh, there was a reason why he was that way and it wasn't his fault. And, oh, wait, maybe this guy, you know, do, do, do we deserve to give this guy a second chance? Yeah. And I think in today's world, especially like insane cancel culture, like, isn't, isn't that the whole point? Like people make mistakes, but we don't know, you know, somebody goes on a crazy, insane uh, tirade on Twitter, let's say, and, and then everybody's going, we're just going to cancel this guy and get them fired and destroy their life without understanding the backstory behind what is driving that, you know, vitriol or hatred. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it doesn't excuse the, the you know the anger or whatever that they end up saying and if someone has that moment where they they're you know i'm just going to make this up but let's say somebody you know somebody just watched their uh their they're 28 years old and their mom had cancer and they watched their mom suffer for a year and a half brutally and then the mom dies and they get on something and somebody says something that triggers them and they get pissed off and all of that emotions that they've been dealing with for a year and a half get spewed out on Twitter. And now someone's going to come along and cancel them and follow them around and try to destroy every job that they have. But what if the person says, oh, you know what, I realized that was wrong. 
Right. Are we going to give them a second chance? And, you know, the answer is yes, we should give everyone a second chance if, if they're legitimately remorseful about what they did. But the, the, the challenge for me that I'm seeing is that a lot of people are saying, no, even if you said something 10 years ago that was hateful, you don't deserve a second chance. And so I thought that the, 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 the theme, especially of season one of everyone deserves a second chance was especially uh, insightful for the era that we're living in right now. Yeah. And many of those characters go from good and bad. That's what I really liked about it too. I mean, even some of the teenagers, you know, some of the teenagers like, um, you know, Hawk. Danielson's daughter. Yeah. Hawk. Hawk goes I mean, from like and even, super nerd to like Uber a-hole. Yeah. Even Danielson's daughter, like kind of goes on the dark side towards the end and just wants to fight that girl. And, um, you're like, Whoa, you know, and like, and she just wanted to keep fighting and, and you're like, wow, she was like the sweet character in the beginning. So I really like how they did that with everyone where you're, you're like thinking they're one way and then they flip. Yeah. The hawk character is like, first he's a nerd, then he's a badass, then he's kind of cool and neutral towards the end, you know? And you're like, I love to see that the recovery of, of people. And like I said, the torment, like they all kind of went through that. They had a, a bad side they went through, which is like, we we're talking about it's natural. Um, I think what you're talking about with the cancel culture, because, you know, I'm on social media. Um, I see it pretty regularly and, um, certain platforms have a little bit more than others. I, I tend to see as most people speak about like Twitter's pretty harsh on that. And, when I, when I'm really looking at it from the, from this perspective, I think it has to do with age and I don't want to, um, you know, I'm not trying to offend anyone who's like in their early twenties and under, but you're still like discovering life. You know, you still have so many things and challenges and, um, learning and discovery and growth that they're going to go through. We are older. We're, you know, late thirties, forties, fifties. And a lot of us in that age range, we, we're the ones going, no, we should let people um, have a second chance because we've lived life already, a lot of it. And we've seen that you can go through all different kinds of changes. I mean, oh my gosh, I went through so many different changes in my, in my lifetime my, already. My belief is that, you know, most people grow up in families until they're 18 or so, and then they go out on the world on their own. Most people yeah. go to college. And so between 18 and 28 to 30, that's really the first time in your life that you're having a chance to figure out who you really are. Right. And yep. so to say that, and, 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 you know, and the, the other thing with cancel culture is, is it's ignoring biology and what happens because when you hit puberty at 11, 12, or 13, men and women get flooded with a cocktail of hormones that has been scientifically proven to alter the way your brain works. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, it's not it's not our it's not myth. It's not uh, my own belief. This is proven science. Hormones change the way that you think. And one way that we as adults will see this is there's the cliche about, oh, the woman, she's PMSing. What does yeah. PMSing mean? Oh, well, the woman during that period of the month is getting flooded with crazy amounts of hormones. And like sometimes they get mad and it has nothing to do with who they are as a person. And so when you take somebody who's 14 or 15 and getting flooded with all of these hormones and these emotions they've never had to deal with, and uh, yeah. 
man, like if, if we recorded conversations I had when I was 16 years old. Oh my gosh. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> like people would think that I, I mean, they would basically be like, there's Donald Trump and then there's Travis in like the comparison of horrible people because I was very angry as a, as a kid. I, I, I experienced a, a lot of death at a young age from 14 to 18. Every single year I had a, a family member die. I had two family members die from cancer and had a year and a half of watching them suffer. Yeah. You know, watching the effect of on your parents of them losing their parents when they're at a young age. And, and, and then I was bullied in school and I didn't have anywhere to turn. And so you compile all of that like grief with the frustration of not being accepted with the anger of being bullied and then you dump in a whole bunch of hormones on top of that now i used to say stuff because i thought it was funny and it was funny to me in that mindset today like i cringe at going like ah but here's the thing i grew and i learned from that and realized that was wrong and i don't say that stuff anymore and i recognize that someone's saying that and at the same time i fully believe that everyone should be able to have those moments in their life where they they say stuff like that and have the opportunity to learn. Now, if you're 55 years old or 60 years old and you're still saying that stuff, that's a different story. But yeah. if you're Rosie O'Donnell uh, or um, not not Rosie O'Donnell, Roseanne Barr, and you're going on saying some saying, racist stuff. Saying racist stuff. <laughs> um, but, you know, like then imagine at that age, because I was a, I was, I had some rage inside and some questions and all kinds of stuff. I was like, you know, I talk about being like such a punk rock chick. I express myself through punk music and dressing like, you know, radical. Um, I just, that was my like expression to get out. I would, um, I used to protest at different things like animal rights, which is great, but you know, I, you domestic I had to have terrorist like, you. <laughs> It was civil, you know, but I would protest at rodeos because of uh, animal torture. I, I needed ways to like have expression. And I can you imagine being like that teenager, young adult, and then having a social media platform? Oh, yeah. my, I couldn't imagine the kind of stuff I would say. You'd say you yeah, you, there's no filter when you're younger because you don't have the experience to know what a filter should be. And, and I yeah. think the uh, a key example of that is Kevin Hart. You know yeah. what it was he was 27 or 28 when he had two two over two days he cracked some homophobic jokes. Mm. The only two homophobic jokes he's ever said in his career happened to be on Twitter. And then someone found out about it and they canceled him and cost him his job hosting the Oscars, which was a dream he'd had since a kid. Yeah. And 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 the thing was is that you know he went out and said, look. I get that it was wrong. I made that when I was in my 20s. Back then, I didn't understand. I hadn't been in Hollywood. I'd never met anyone gay. Now I have a lot of colleagues and people I work with are gay. I realized that that's not the way it is. I've grown. I've evolved since then. You'll notice I've never made that type of joke in the last 10 years. And people are going, doesn't matter. You said it once. That's who you always are. And that's yeah, where that's I think not... the problem is. And uh, you know, tying this back into the, the Cobra Kai show, I think that's what's so amazing about it is you see – People, even people in their 50s making mistakes and going, oh, man, and then realizing, ah, oh, that's not something I, uh, that I should be doing. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and they're given this space to realize, hey, we all and I think that's the other thing that's great is uh, in season three, Daniel, uh, when he's when he's in Japan talking to the, the girl, he's saying, you know, Mr. Miyagi, I'm the same age Mr. Miyagi was. 
which is crazy when you think about it, because you look at Mr. Miyagi in the 80s and he looked old and you look mm -hmm. at Daniel today and he doesn't look old. Oh, it's crazy. They aged. It's so just the fact that they like we aged so differently. And but then mm -hmm. they, there was that idea. He's like, you know, when Mr. Miyagi was my age, he knew everything. And so there's mm -hmm. this idea you have when you're in your 20s and 30s going, ah, I mean, you know, my parents in their 50s and 60s, they know everything. But the reality is they don't. They're just they like don't. all of us. They're yeah. trying to figure it out and they're getting knocked off balance and they're making mistakes. And and, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think the the challenge today, especially for being young, is that there's the there's a fear because if you make a mistake, someone's going to cancel you and they're going to say yeah. you can't change and grow or ever that, that you make one tweet and when you're 14 and it's going to follow you forever. And when you're 50, people will be like, when you were 14, you tweeted that naughty thing and therefore you can't have a job. Like what? Yeah, I know. Um, you know, we have a friend of ours who, uh, you know, we, we actually met because of panic of the disco and he was a fan when down was in the band and, we befriended this, um, this, he was a teenager at the time, but we befriended him in a way for, um, to help us with merchandise for IDK when that was starting out on the down low. And, um, he actually approached us. Um, well, I saw him on Twitter a couple of times comment to us and his name is Jacob. And, um, he was just really funny. He was a really funny, like kid and would make funny jokes and stuff. And I actually named him the kid as that was like my nickname I gave him. Um, but he had really, he, he's a lot more mature than his age would be. And so uh, he, these jokes that he made were like similar to what we were used to kind of. So, um, and anyways, like you come to almost, you know, all the shows all the time, we knew who he was. You end up knowing who some of these fans are um, after a while. And then he actually went to one of the comic cons in Salt Lake city. And that's how we first met him in person. And the way he approached us was not like on a fan level. He actually said, Hey, um, if you ever need help with your shop that you have, um, I do silk screening and I would love to help you guys out. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's talk. And he had some really good ideas and art designs and whatever. And it, it, it pursued on to him helping us at shows and selling merch. And then he just became our friend as well. Um, but like now fans know that we're really good friends with him. The band is friends with him. He's older now. He's in his 20s. And um they have been starting to kind of like they nitpick everyone in our in our group in our circle so now some of the like haters and quote are going after some of his old tweets when he was like 16 you know and and crazy things he was saying as a fan and you know some i couldn't even repeat they're like just crazy inappropriate like like i don't even know joke things um about the band and and they're bringing this old stuff up and they're like how how can you be friends with this guy and how can you let him you know into your home and we're like you're digging up tweets from when he was 16 I think he's like 22 23 now like um you know come on like give the guy a chance he's obviously grown and matured and um you know so you know so it's yeah the I if I could say anything because it's hard when I talk to a lot of fans. It's usually through social media and it's usually through typing. And I'm, I'm way better at my words speaking like this. Context gets lost yeah. and your in, emotions. In, in words. And that's the danger of emails, texts, and exactly. tweets is that the nuance of, of, you know, human, uh, your voice and how, you know, sarcasm does not come through in text. It comes through as being a freaking yeah. a-hole. And there's oftentimes like, um, people will take something 
the wrong way on on Twitter. And, and maybe it's because of my age. I'm just not yeah, good at it. They take it out of context. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I would like to say, like, to some of the younger, you know, people listening about the cancel culture is learn karate <laughs> and then just beat up the people that try to cancel you. That's what we're learning from Cobra Kai. <laughs> you know, just give people a chance of growth. Uh, of course, there's some things that can't be dismissed. I'm, you know, we're not talking about some really, really, really heavy topics, but, um, you know, saying something just stupid um, that you maybe didn't even know about and then learn later, like pronouns. I didn't even know that was a thing until like maybe five years ago. And, you know, um, our, our like era that we came from didn't even have that, like how people want to, you know, be approached and our era, in our era, the word gay was a, a yeah. verb. <laughs> right. Like I mean, it wasn't, you know, and you still find people. I still have friends of mine in their 40s and they'll, you know, something will happen. They'll be like, oh, man, that's gay. And you'll be like, oh, you, you can't, can't say, say that. that. And like, I ain't say whatever I want to. I shut up. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so it's like we're, we're still learning. I'm still learning. I learn a lot. Thankfully, I have like a young, almost, you know, preteen here and she teaches me a lot of stuff, too. Um but we're learning about that. So yeah, so going back to the Cobra Kai, <laughs> you know, now it's made me want to like get my kids into like karate and like doing something for their self-esteem too, because I find that too in this. That's um, the biggest thing. My yeah. my favorite arc is, um, I, I'm just so horrible. I don't remember the names, but the, the heavyset girl and how the first oh. few episodes mm -hmm. are kind of making fun of her because she's fat, but then she ends up becoming like one of the best fighters. She's like the best. And yeah. not only that, but seeing her go from being bullied for being heavy and getting the self-esteem that then totally changes her personality where then it doesn't bother her anymore. And it's like, man, that that's awesome. Right. Yep, exactly. And that's kind of where now I'm like, hmm, I, I was talking to my daughter the other day, like, um, Dallin has a specific martial arts that he wants her to study because he used to do martial arts and he used to win tournaments. He loves to talk about that. Brazilian <laughs> Jiu Jitsu. Walk... Wait I a minute. What... Dallin was like the 1990s Danielson. Oh, yeah. He said when we watch Karate <laughs> Kid, he's like, he's like, this is exactly what I had to go through. He, and he like, he would win tournaments and stuff what? all the time so there's uh, is, yeah there's a there's <laughs> alan needs to do a music video where he's doing kung fu come on do we, yeah. <laughs> and so i'm like the other day i'm like yeah maybe we should get the kids into karate he's like not karate that's that's not the real way i have i forgot you what can say his exact arts. words he's like not karate that's for pussies <laughs> no <he doesn't> <laughs> He oh, wait, I'm confusing use... him with uh, with Johnny. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember, he comes from the Mormon background. So, you know, um, but yeah. And then now it's now it makes me want to get into it. Like I'm like motivated. I'm like, gosh, you know, I had to stay, you know, stood up for myself when I was a teenager in high school. And I had to kind of um, there were a couple of times people wanted to fight me bullies. And I didn't know what I was going to do because I didn't know fighting, but I had to be strong and I had to like stand up to them and a couple times that i remember one particular situation was in high school and i was really skinny kind of like low self-esteem i would wear really baggy like skater clothes to hide my body and i just got bullied on the daily and this one popular older girl for some reason wanted was picking on me and wanted to fight me and I heard at lunch she wants to fight me in the quad which in California <laughs> is outside your your lunch area is outside 
meet me at lunch in the quad we're fighting I was like I was so scared because this girl was not only like popular and older but she was into sports so she had like sports body like she was strong and known for that but you know what I didn't back down I went I showed up you know it, it was just like a movie where like all of her people are behind her walking up to me all my friends are behind me which are like the skaters and the goths and all that and they're behind me and we're coming face to face and quad at lunch and I didn't back down and I just you know she went off at me and I stood up for myself and and she just didn't even pursue the fight she just backed off and from like a couple moments I had of that at school changed my reputation um and I, I got less and less bullied by people because I stood up for myself. But dang, if I would have had some karate, karate kid moves. Funny, because that's what I was thinking when I was in high school. I got bullied because I was very skinny. So there used to be a thing called, have you, do you know what a nerd circle is? No. Yeah. Okay. Apparently this is a. <laughs> I guess uh, I wasn't that nerdy. This is, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you just duck and cover. So <clears throat> maybe it's a, 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 a you know, a middle of nowhere, rural town um, thing. But a nerd circle was. Uh, in, in in the hallways in high school, how they had the lockers on both sides of the hallway. So there okay. would be guys on each side and some guy would say nerd circle. And like all of the guys would surround whoever the person that they just called the nerd circle on. And then they would literally grab the person and shove him. Right. So they would shove him hard enough that they, you lose your balance and, and you stumble into the other side of the circle, at which point they grab you and shove you. So they knock you off balance and you can't recover. And then you just end up having like 10 guys who are basically treating you like a pinball and just throwing you back and forth across the circle. And there's literally nothing you can do about it. I, I um, think I've seen that in like an 80s film. <laughs> yes. Well, that actually happened. That happened to me multiple oh. times. Wow. And um and I used to watch the Karate Kid, and I was so mad because I lived in the middle of freaking nowhere. It was like we didn't have yeah. karate. There's nothing we could do. Um, you didn't have a Miyagi. I didn't. And so, so for for me, it was it ended up being like that's one of the reasons why I probably have a, a super biting, sarcastic humor, because that's right. how I would defend myself. There was two times there, there was some guys that wanted to fight me over something. I don't even remember what it was to the point where, you know, when a fight's on and everyone gathers around and they're like, "Oh, a fight." Like got to yeah. that point and then like I just verbally would eviscerate the dude and get people laughing so hard. And then when the guy would be like super red because he was embarrassed and mad and getting ready to like want to come and punch me, I would just be like, you're such a loser. And I just turn around and walk away. And then people would yeah. laugh even more because they were like, oh, he did just kind of prove the." And then he was so embarrassed. He didn't know what to do. And fortunately, no one jumped me from behind. I probably shouldn't have walked away and put, turned my back on these guys. But that's that's how that was my defense. I was I was it was verbal Aikido, I guess. Yeah, same. I got really sharp with my words and, um, you know, and I had to kind of I, I after a while when I got into my my 20s, I had to back down a little because, man, I had to be so tough and strong and really sharp with my words because like like you, that's all I had. I wasn't physically like strong and fit and physically, you, you know, yeah. I was skinny and pretty scrawny. Yeah, I was six, like, three and I weighed 140 know. pounds. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then, and then by my twenties, I was like, okay, I need to back off, man. Like I need to change my attitude and like, You're like Hey, when I go out in the real anymore. world, it's not high school. People don't want to fight me all the time. What's right. this? Yeah. And so that, that makes me wonder with this whole, you know, with, 
we had growing up. Okay, so Karate Kid, if a lot of these young people, if you're going to watch Cobra Kai, you got to go back and watch Karate Kid. At least gotta watch at the first least two movies. The first one, but two also because, yeah, they, they touch base on that. But um, please go back and watch Karate Kid one and two before you get into Cobra Kai. You'll enjoy it a lot more. Um, but the, you know, the, the other, I think that there's a, the other difference that's ch- challenge, and I don't know how younger kids today like i look at my nieces that are just going into middle school and you know when for us we would go to high school we would get bullied and we would go home and we were no longer around it and there, they right. had no reach to do anything now you get bullied in high school and then you go home and they can follow you on social media and bully you everywhere you went not only that but they have reach now they can bully you to thousands of people on their social media as well and so you could leave and go home and this person can keep bullying you on social media. You show back up at school the next day and everyone's laughing at you and you don't even know why. Yeah, like, that's crazy to me like that. I like, was just talking about oh. this to a fellow mom, a girl who I went to high school with, who was in my same grade, who also had similar kind of lifestyle as me. Um, we were kind of in the same uh, music like scene and skater girl kind of dress. And um, she has a daughter was actually named Amelie also and um, a year or two older than mine um, and my daughter's 12 but we were talking as far as like moms and stuff like we were talking about bullying because I just the other day put a post about bullying on my Instagram uh, I had an old picture of, of me that I showed my daughter just because she's kind of go she's just starting to go in that whole expression stage you know who am i and and how do i want to dress and yeah and all this like it's almost like she has pressure of like figuring out who she is and and now travis (laughs) there's additional pressure um because like she does have friends that are maybe her same age as her or older that know who they are like um like sexual identity and pronouns and things and i'm like oh my gosh we'd even have this like i so i sat her down the other day and she's like well you know i gosh she probably would hate for me to be talking about this but like um i think it's really important because i have a lot of younger like fans that follow me but um you know, she was just like, you know, a friend of mine, you know, thinks like that they, they have, you know, who they are, like kind of figured out. I think the friend of her she's referring to is a little bit older than her, but she's like, how, how do I know, you know, who I like or what I like or who I am? I was like, honey, okay, <laughs> you're 12. Okay. Like we were just talking about, you're going to have the hormones. That they're 12 and already <laughs> worried about, oh, I'm supposed to know. Yeah. But even then, like, like, it's like, not to interrupt. So there's this additional pressure. But then the the thing is, is like, you even look at like, just between like freshmen and high school, Mm -hmm. uh, how many times do your tastes change? I know. So the fact that there's a culture saying that when you're 12 or 13 or 14 and you say, I'm this gender, and then that that you're supposed to be that way forever. Like, that's freaking ridiculous because in two years you hit puberty and hormones go through suddenly maybe that changes but if you've now publicly come out and been like this is my gender pronoun now you have this pressure of like oh i'm not that person anymore but i can't say anything because what are people going to say if i come out and say you know what i'm not really into that anymore oh i can't do that and now you're stuck in a person that you don't want to be yeah and to be to play both parts i know there are people that definitely do know who they are at a young age okay um and and we're not discounting like 
overall. But when I'm when I'm referring to is just that daily like that that basic like trying to figure out who they are, like what kind of music you want, how do you want to dress, what kind of friends you want to hang out. Well, now it's who am I? What's my identity? Who uh, who am I attracted to? I was like, honey, you're like 12, and you're not even like she doesn't even want to see movies with kissing in it it's grosses her out you know I'm like you're not even like there yet like as far as who you're attracted to don't put so much pressure on yourself like I go you have so much time to learn discover explore try out change just just go with the when flow I was in Hollywood I had a friend and um you know when she was 14 or 15 she was like you know she realized that she her thing was girls she loved girls yeah. and so her yeah. whole life girls all their high school data all through college day uh, and way into her all of her 20s lived with uh, with a girl and when she was 28 she was in a committed relationship with a another woman and they'd been together four or five years and she met a guy on a film and something changed and over the next few years like she left her significant other and ended up going with this guy and today they're married with like three kids yeah and you talked to her and she even said she's like if you would have told me at 26 that i would have ever ended up with a man i would have told you it's crazy because my entire life i had never been and something happened something happened yeah. and her taste changed and it and so i think the fact that like you, you're getting locked in and saying this is who i am and this is the way i always have to be forever it's like no like I, I i think you know maybe the difference is accepting who you are and if you want to identify as some place as, as 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 whatever you want to identify as of being accepting of that and having others accept you for that and at the same time if a few years down the road you decide you want to identify as something else being accepting of that and also having other people being accepting of that and i think right. i have yeah. one friend who's kid had went exactly through this he's 16 now but identified as one particular way and and hit you know puberty and fused into it and and actually so what we were talking about the guilt behind well I, I you know i don't feel like that's who i am but that's how all my friends know and that's all my social media and and it was the fear of if i come out and say no i actually identify as this other way now that the, the almost like the hatred from the people of that gender identity would have of like well that you can't do that it's kind of what he felt like which to mm -hmm. me is like, it just seems yeah. weird. Yeah, I would, this would be like kind of an interesting topic to, to discuss sometime and then have somebody, um, you know, a couple, like a guest or something that could talk or maybe a younger adult from their perspective um, who maybe has gone through that, you know, and um, pronouns and how they identify it would be a really cool topic. But the reason why, like I was bringing that up is as far as like with bowling and that's why we're talking about the Cobra Kai because not only is like, bullying like you're saying is physically when you're at school like back in our day um it's online now and it's not it's like so many things that you you can be bullied for you know um that we didn't have like like you're saying like yeah pronouns you can identity. Be i mean you can be bully stocks so now it's like they just stock Gosh. you around every front and nowhere everywhere you turn you're getting more it's like well at least we had a yeah. break it could run into the mountains and no one could touch you now i can't even do that that's true you know but and then what I was talking to a, my my friend who's also a mom, we were talking about how she said from her point of view that like um, it seems less bullying physically at school and more online. So I'm wondering if more as, emotional bullying now than anything. 
Yeah. So I'm wondering if like people in our age range connected with Karate Kid and Cobra Kai so much because we had that physical bullying more. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. So any listeners, and you know, we eventually we, we want to have people like kind of coming back at us and, and giving us some ideas. But um, I'm wondering that, like, is it just as bad physically at school as it is online? No, I don't think, I think that's a good point. I don't, the physical, yeah. there's, there's so crazy insane rules now where you get in any sort of fight and you just get expelled. I think, but, yeah. but like you said, there aren't any rules for the, and, and to be Online. honest, it's the physical stuff is, is, it's, you know, it's bad, but the emotional stuff sticks with you way worse. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I rarely think about the nerd circle, but I can tell you that even up into my late thirties and pro- my wife would probably even make the, the argument that even today, to some extent, a couple of the nicknames that I was given in high school were so emotionally traumatic that part of my self-identity got stuck on that where yeah. and so like the emotional scars from the were, were way worse than the the physical effects true i mean people ptsd I had, you got bullying ptsd is essentially what it is yeah i i had people just so mean to me on a oh sorry i got a little alarm um i had so many like really mean bullies that would say just the meanest just they knew exactly what to say to just rip through me. And, and mostly it was making fun of me for how skinny I was. They would call me all sorts of names. Like I'm anorexic or I'm, they used to call me toothpick. That was my nickname. Hey, toothpick. And I don't know, it might seem silly to hear now, but it hurt me so bad because like, I couldn't help the way I looked. I wasn't anorexic or anything like that. I actually had friends that had eating disorders and, you know, so that really like kind of touched home to me when they would say those kind of things it would really hurt because I'm like I'm you know first of all I have friends that are actually have eating disorders that I'm that I witness and I'm not and it would just really hurt to me because it's like I can't do anything to to change myself I would drink like weight gain shakes to gain weight to try to gain weight and it wouldn't ever really work but mine was zipper (laughs) if I turn sideways and stick your tongue out you know just be a zipper Oh, oh gosh it's just like you know so this whole thing with like when you watch a lot of those old 80s movies with bullies and stuff it was a lot of like physical fighting and things or bullies like you said putting you in a ring and you know pushing you back and forth and um dallin brings up the thing called swirlies did, oh, did you ever know yeah, i know yeah. fortunately i was tall enough no one could ever get me on one of those but yeah definitely well, that's funny because in cobra kai he brings it up and they're like all the kids are like what is that <laughs> i know and we know what swirlies are my brother uh, is my stepbrother he came to live with us during high school and so he so now i had a good reputation i had a don't mess with breezy reputation by the time he came um, to my school he was really little and short and he was dressed like a little skater punk kid, you know, and I say punk in a good way because that was a cool back then. It wasn't like an insult. And, um, you know, like he got picked on from the very beginning and he people try to do swirlies on him. So those who don't know what a swirly is, they'll pick you up Stick and they'll your hold your head. Oh. Yeah, they'll hold your head over a toilet and sometimes totally dunk your head in the toilet in the bathroom they at flush school. It. Yep, they flush the toilet flush, while your flush head the is toilet. stuck in there. Yep. <laughs> So he had that going on. And when I found out, I was like, who's bullying you? When they found out that his sister was breezy, they 
they stopped messing with him. So he like, you know, that this is the thing with the physical bullying that I find interesting for the most part. Uh, If you're being bullied physically and you do stand up for yourself physically, almost every time the, the bullying stops. Yeah. And you know, you don't have that with the emotional online stuff. Um, so like my, my, my cousin, um, he was really overweight growing up and he used to get bullied all the time. And he also liked to fight. So when someone would bully him, he would just walk up and basically punch the person in the face. And, and, and it got to the point where he would see someone else getting bullied and he would go like beat up that bully too. And he always, he said that it was, there was one time he was getting bullied really badly by a, a Samoan kid. And I don't know if you know anything about Samoan oh, kids, but those oh, are not the type yeah. of guys you want to fight. Um, but anyway, he's like, I committed to it. And he went in and he just got the crap kicked out of him by this guy, right? Just stomped. This guy just stomped him. And he said, the funny thing is, is he, he was basically almost unconscious. And the Samoan dude comes up to him, puts his hand out, pulls him up and said, are we good now? And he's like, yeah, we're good. And they said after that, like this Simone, this Simone guy and his gang never bullied him again. He's like, he's like, I think I was the first only guy that actually stood up to this guy. And even though I beat the hell out of me, like his then was like, okay, that guy, like, you know, he stood up for himself. And, and that, that's the difference. It's like, I mean, even with, with Cobra Kai, what was the difference? Daniel stood up to himself and he beat the guy up in the ring. And then, you know, even in the third season, Allie comes back and she was like, oh yeah, after that, they pretty much left each other alone. And right. uh, anyway, we got off on this tangent. We'll have to do another show on, right. on the, the effects of emotional bullying. But something totally. I want to talk about with the show that I find fascinating yeah. and that it's the I think we've had conversations about this, but it's the honoring your fans and paying respect to the nostalgia that created what you're doing. And I think Cobra Kai has done such an amazing job of honoring the original spirit and intent of the Karate Kid films uh, without completely dismantling and dismembering and saying why it was all wrong and horrible and evil. And so you have this honoring of the fans, you have this paying homage to the, the past by the fact of like how many flashbacks do they have to the movies that and show you like how that's impacting today. And then they're doubling down and giving you more of that. And, you know, the end result of it is, is the first season was okay. The second season, you know, and then it got picked up by Netflix for a third season and Netflix is, it said it's been, it's one of its most popular. It's more popular now than it's ever. It's growing in popularity. Why? It's because I think Hollywood's getting, at least some people are realizing fans are the ones that have created these films and these stories that stick for you know 35 years and we're still talking about the karate kid and we're still loving it and you compare that with what happened with the the star wars franchise you know you had these you had luke skywalker which was most amazing i was just reading an article where someone in the lucasfilm story group came out and said that when they got hired back in 2012 Everyone that got hired was given a poster with Luke Skywalker with a big red X drawn over his face. So from the very inception, they were basically saying Luke Skywalker is a toxic uh, masculine patriarchy. That's what he represents, and we need to destroy that. And then you look at what happened with Star Wars franchise. They almost ruined the brand. And then what? because why? They Identity politics – uh, picking fights with fans, 
not paying um, uh, not paying any sort of nostalgic um, appreciation to what came before and what made the story so great. And, and and then you had the Mandalorian come along. Have you been following the Mandalorian at all? Oh, yes, I have. So, you know, it's hard to miss <laughs> now, but the fact that, that they brought Luke Skywalker back and showed him and uh, it that one episode crashed Disney Plus. It's been up for a year and it's never crashed. One 10 minute sequence with Luke Skywalker crashed the servers. People were so excited to see it. And, and what are people saying? Star Wars is back. Star Wars is back. People are having hope again. And so I, I always find it, in, you know, I'm not saying that there isn't a place for identity politics because there are the, the, the great thing about Hollywood and music and film is that we used to be able to use those mediums to address really tough societal issues like racism, like gender identity, you know, like discrimination. But what's happening now is that at least in the last over the last 10 years is it feels like the identity politics is usurping it to the point where it, it's like a oh, back in the I think I, I might be saying this completely wrong. So somebody's going to Google me and tell me I'm completely <laughs> infactual here. But according to my understanding, um, back in the, the 1800s, 17, 1800s, you used to have the guys that would stand on a pulpit on the street corner and like shout stuff. Right. And, and there was a phrase for the guys who were really mean. It was called the bully pulpit. They, they would stand on the pulpit and just hurl like, invect, like mean things at people, basically trying to shame and guilt people into changing. And I feel like a lot of what Hollywood has done is that they're turning these mediums that can be used to address big issues. And instead of addressing issues with a degree of balance, they're using it as a bully pulpit They're to, to just basically, I mean, that there's arguments that are being made that that's what Star Wars turned into. It was basically telling you know, 45 to 55 year old white men that they were losers, worthless, racist, sexist pigs, basically. And then, and then they're shocked because then no one goes and watches the movie. <laughs> it's like, wait, why don't yeah. well, nobody wants to hear that? So I think Cobra Kai is great because they have tackled some of these issues, bullying, online bullying, uh, you know, uh, uh, physical violence versus not physical violence, gender identity versus not gender identity, you know, social identity. You're a nerd. And, and what, what was the phrase he used in the first, you know, flip the script. Well, see, people see you as a nerd. So just flip the script and change it. So people see you as something different. Like, yeah. to you look at that going in some ways, that's almost an easy answer. And at the same time, it does have a lot of power. And I, so I think watching this show come along that kind of tosses out political correctness, but it does it in a way that's kind of tongue in cheek. Uh, you know, it's not being mean about it. It's not being hateful. It's being they're doing it with with, you know, a, a, a degree of class and humor and also acknowledging the fact that people are human. People make mistakes. People can learn and grow. And, and you combine that with good. You know, there's there's a good, solid message to the show. And also it's tied into nostalgia. And I think you kind of get, you know, you kind of get the, the best of both worlds with that. Well, a lot of too, like we've, we've spoken with just like when we have our own private conversations about having to be so neutral in the entertainment world too. You have to be like so neutral. And the whole point of entertainment, like you're saying, is to touch all these different topics, you know, and all different history and all different types of things that might make you feel uncomfortable. Um, 
because not only uh, maybe you don't know what that type of person has gone through, it gives you an insight to it, you know, and it makes it real because it does exist out there. Unfortunately, there's all kinds of good and bad. And in movies, not just movies and film, but even like we, you know, we have, we see it in the music industry, um, lyrics and songs. Like sometimes I'll have people, I, I don't even write the songs, you know, but I'll have people um, message me and be like, you know, I'm really triggered by that song that your husband did. Cause to me, it sounds like it's about rape and this and that. And it's like, well, I know hundred percent. It's not about that, but, um, and dang I'm sorry. Musician that, writing his songs about rape. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that triggers you, maybe avoid it, I, you know, personally, but I know, you know, and they just want to argue it. And I'm like, but the whole point about music is, is to feel, and it's to tell a story. And often people think that like a lyric is, um, something that that person had a personal experience with and they're listening to it going, Oh, wow, this person, he must've known someone about that's why he wrote this song. And actually it's not that sometimes it's just telling a story. Sometimes it's someone that he saw on a street. It's funny that they do that with music. Cause you imagine somebody's like, Oh, like that guy wrote the movie uh, strip tease. He must have experience with strippers or know someone who's a stripper. No, he just wrote right. a story. Or even like, um, like an actor, you know, an actor will play like a, a major villain. Um, Hannibal like Lecter. Apparently, yeah, uh, you know, Bastards. Anthony Hopkins knows how to cut someone's liver out. What? Right. Like we watch Inglorious Bastards, you know, and there's like these Nazis in there and, you know, they have to say horrible things and act horrible. Well, that actor isn't like that off camera, most likely. <laughs> they're they're portraying a character. And although it could be triggering for some people and it's really hard to watch, but it's that's the point of entertainment, too, is not just to, oh, fun and happy. We watched, you know, Dumb and Dumber and sorry. It's also um, to learn about something, either a documentary or to learn about a historical, you know, moment we didn't know about and really give you an insight on that. That's what's the whole interesting, fascinating thing about entertainment. Yeah. You know? Well, and that, that, you know, that, I think that's what Kokai does so brilliantly is the fact yeah. that they show both sides of the viewpoints equally well to the point where the whole first season you're conflicted. This is the bad guy, but now he's kind of good. And this was the good guy. And now he's kind of bad. Oh, I see the bad guy's perspective and I kind of see that, but I see the good guy's perspective and I kind of see his way too. Wait, how can I hold these, these, these uh, opposite feelings in the same space at the same time? I'm so confused. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. And like John, the Johnny character, you know, will say some things that might be considered inappropriate at now in this day of age, but then you see him growing and he learns and they go, you know, that's not really something you probably should say. And he was like, oh, okay. And by the end, you're like, he's changed. He's changing. You see him changing. We're allowing him to change. And as a viewer, you're allowing him to change. And that's the whole thing that we're talking about in, in real life that we would hope people do more of, um, you know, it, the, yeah, the, as far as like the whole Cobra Kai, um, you know, it, it's just a really cool, like insight about, uh, something that's fun to watch because when I when I refer to somebody, I know people that might not like to watch like violent films or fighting. I, I refer this to my cousin the other day, and she's like, "What's a good show that I should get into?" Me and my boyfriend, I'm like, "Cobra Kai," you know, "Cobra Kai." But first of all, I know you're not really into like seeing fighting and a physical thing, but it's not just that. Like, watch it; it's fun to watch. It's lighthearted. There's jokes, but then there's also 
so many different things that they touch base on, like we're, that we're talking about, um, you know, identity and inappropriate things and growth and bullying. And I mean, Losing so control uh, over your emotions and causing something that you didn't mean to happen. And how do you people. deal with that? Yeah. So it's a, it's a really good, it's so fun to watch. Um, All right. So top three favorite mo mo moments from the series so far. <laughs> okay. Watching the completed all three, um, you know, I'm a girl, so I like, I like, I do like some romantic kind of stuff, <laughs> maybe. And I'm not just saying just because I'm a girl, I like that romantic. So you stuff, totally love all the love triangles. I'm a hopeless romantic. Okay. <laughs> and I loved seeing Allie come back. I was hoping Dude, when they brought the, like the Facebook thing, I'm like, there's no way they're going to get Elizabeth shoe to come back. And then they had that episode where like the mom comes in and she's sitting there and she's like i got plans i i literally was sitting out loud was like oh. no way i cannot I believe, believe they got her i can't believe how many people they got back they got the danielson mom like i mean I, everybody yeah, from the, the uh, second second movie too yeah oh that was that great. moment where uh, at the end of the episode where he's having the drink with uh, kumiko Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're Danielson, and then that does all the flashbacks, oh. and it, and then he turns and he looks, and it just ends with the music, dun dun dun, and it ends the episode. I'm like, oh no, what? Yeah, that was so talk great. about trigger. You could see him being triggered right there in his face. You're yeah. Like, oh my gosh, like that guy was so evil. You know, we tried to kill him. I mean, yeah, literally I, so tried to was, kill him. That was definitely. And then how um, they the the whole relationship with those guys. I mean that that scene where they're getting the fight and he pulls his head back. I've been waiting for this for so long. He's like, no, no, no. And then he like laughs his head off. Yeah, that that's pretty funny. How about the how they try to make uh, crease, you know, the original sensei of Johnny, like more humanized. Giving They're him like the backstory. The backstory too. Yeah. I haven't, I'm, I'm not totally sold on it. No, no you're still kind creepy. of like, come on, man. He's There's, a creep. I, I, in, 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 in Vietnam, killing people, I get, but come on 40 years I later know. you're trying to teach teenage kids how to kill uh, that's yeah, stretching like, come it a little on. bit for me that's stretching it for a little bit for me um yeah I, i'm trying to think of what some of the other I, like the the fight scene with um again i'm horrible i'm forgetting his name you'd think that as a okay. screenwriter i would remember these things but um yeah when if you tell uh, me when, when, Dan, when Danielson's uh, daughter is getting bullied in the lunchroom and the kid stands up and they kicks the crap out of the four guys in the lunchroom. Oh, so good. Yeah. And then the next scene is like, so wait, you're telling me you took what I taught you and you kicked the crap out of four people because in today's <laughs> day and age, like, oh, that's horrible. You shouldn't do that. And he's like, yes, sensei. And he's like, come with me. <laughs> yeah. Good job. You now can wear the gi. It's like, what? No way. That's awesome. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, I love you, that. We got to talk about the the final episode in that scene where everyone's fighting in the house. Oh my gosh, I was I was literally on the edge there of my seat. I'm not joking. Like I don't know if 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 because I know with um, oh, there was the Michael Keaton movie where he played the aging superhero, uh, Bird something. Oh yeah, and, Bird, and, Bird and Man. Birdman, and they yeah. the the movie was shot in such a way where the whole movie looks like one continuous shot so i like part of me wonders in that fight scene because there's a about a two and a half or a three minute sequence where it looks like one continuous shot so i don't it know does. if they used that 
technology or if that is actually a full completed shot. But if that was one single take, that was amazing. Yeah. Just the Those... choreography alone to do what they did was just like, on. what? Yeah. I, whoever directed that episode. And if you did one continual take on that, like I, you know, Wayne's world, I'm, I'm bowing down. I'm not worthy because that was fun. <laughs> I probably watched that seven or eight times in a row because my brain couldn't wrap around the fact that I was watching something that was one continual take with so many moving parts and pieces to it. And not only are we watching the fighting, it's flashing back to the party scene where you have Danielson and his wife yeah. and you have Johnny and Allie the and they're having best, their moment. The best line ever. Oh, we were such a-holes in high school. I certainly hope our kids aren't as dumb as us. Get cut to the house where they're beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh no, they're going to come home to this. Oh. oh my gosh. I'm like freaking out as a parent. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're wrecking the house. And, and so you're watching the fighting scene and not only are you watching that fighting and they had to choreograph that whole stuff, they throw in the storyline of a character, Hawk, changing all of a sudden yeah. and seeing that moment where all of a sudden he just reflects. And, and he, you see that moment in his face where he changes. Redemption. Now. Yep. You have the redemption. And you have that moment and you're like, wow. I, you know, when, when we watched the, season, the episode right before that, I was thinking, how are they going to close everything up? for the season yeah. i always wonder that on really good shows you're like how and how the thing they? is when you think about it that it, everything that happened that in an episode 30 minutes 30 wow. minutes and it was wow. all of that the whole dinner yeah. party all the reconciliation the fight the final fight like all in 30 minutes like it was just yeah, yeah. it's brilliant you know <laughs> that great. that the hawk character i think is such a good counterpoint to what i was saying earlier like with if you do character studies of Ray and Kylo Ren, uh, you know, technically Kylo Ren's a bad guy and Ray's a good guy. But the difference is from the start of the first movie to the end of the third movie, Kylo Ren and Ray, for the most part, are exactly the same people. Mm -hmm. They didn't, yeah. oh, there's nothing they had to overcome. There was nothing that really challenged them. There was nothing that really, um, you know, uh, there wasn't, there was, there wasn't really any redemptive moments because there was nothing really to redeem. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, for the most part, the reception to those characters was so lackluster is because, you know, they're, they're, when you compare Kylo Ren's journey to Darth Vader's journey, it's just completely different. And, yeah. and, and I, you know, and, and that's, that's the the thing that we as fans love, like watching Hawk go from a nerd to an a-hole. You're like, that sucks. But that's probably what would happen to a guy that was a nerd who got a bit of power. So, yeah. you know, the fact that like when you get to the point where he breaks his best friend's arm. Oh, my God. I mean, like how talk about like as low as you can go, you're like your yeah. chi lifelong childhood friend and you've changed so much you break his arm. And so. That's what I think made that moment at the end so much more powerful because you're looking at it going, oh, no, he's going to break his arm again. And then he's like, I can't that like that impacted him so much emotionally that he's like, no, like that's yeah. not who I am. And you're just see like, the oh. growth he had yeah. people you can change, <laughs> you know, um, you know, the yeah, it's like he changed. He redeemed himself. Like, so let's let's not hold a grudge on Hawk, you know, if um, so, it's like, oh, come on. Like the fact that I mean, Hawk is so cool. It's so funny. It was great. Such but, a yeah, nickname. Was... Sweet. So, uh... so to sum this all up, if we, if all is well in this year, 
cross our fingers. I don't want to, you know, no cursing. And um, it all goes well in the fall. Salt Lake City Fan X is hopefully coming back. They're proceeding with scheduling dates in September. And some of you don't know. Yeah. If if some of you don't know, I often attend it almost every time. And I am usually a panelist on some of my favorite shows. If they have a panel for Cobra Kai, if not, I'm going to suggest it. I definitely want to be on the panel for this. But um, I'm not sure. I'm probably going to butcher his last name. But the the guy who plays Johnny, William zapka or Z- yeah. I, don't know, I can't pronounce and the Willie character Z. Who- we'll give him we'll give him an age yeah. name <laughs> william z and um the actor who plays the crease character the horrible dude then say is going to be there they're they're what? guests that they've been announced already um i don't know i hope i kind of even want to meet some of the younger cast too because you know i was i was watching a couple other interviews um when the cast was being interviewed pre-covid uh, at other like San Diego Comic-Con and they were saying also how you know our age we came to the Cobra Kai show for the older cast to be honest okay we came to go we see them we wanted to see Ralph Macchio we wanted to see William Z we wanted to see that again and then you know you have the younger cast the kids and stuff that come in and you're like I don't know who they are but you end up loving them and you love their characters and they developed their characters developed so well so I'm kind of hoping that they add a few more Cobra Kai guests and hopefully maybe some of the younger um, cast. Well, we've really still fun. got a full third movie that they haven't really touched on yet. So I wonder what they're going to bring know. out of that one for the next season. I got to go rewatch it. Cause <laughs> I, I, I rewatched Karate Kid 1 and 2 most recently a couple times and showed the kids. Now I got to go back. And I got to say the other my other there. favorite moment was... Um, when Daniel's basically screwed and the lady's like, oh, if you put good in the world, good comes back. And he's like, I don't know. And then the very end, she's like, do you remember me? And like, it's the girl he saved 35 years ago. Now is in a position <gasps> to you save. And you're like, that? I was like, what a brilliant tie in. That was so great. And they found her. They actually found her. The, like, I know. There's like every actor. The they're bringing back every actor. So, so amazing. I love it. I love that. That just shows you like how, people were really attached to the show and even i told you I love, son, you put good in the world good will come back and you're like oh. i absolutely i love when actors love their roles See, so much that they comeback. like yeah you know and they they're like fans of their actual what a good you know, message show. for today's world though you can yeah. put good into the world now and you may not have it come back for 30 years but eventually it's going to come back mm-hmm. i well, think that's, that's where we should end I think the it's episode. great to end <laughs> yep everyone listening <laughs> We have we have enough anger and hatred in the world. Put some good out into the world, and maybe you know, the uh, all of us combined can make it a better place. Yeah, let's accept change. And if not, punch the bully in the face. (laughs) Learn some karate moves. (laughs) Karate moves. (laughs) Uh, All right. Until next time, breezy.